Hey friends, welcome to episode 15 of the Making Room on the Pew podcast, a podcast for the church misfits and outcasts. I am Bailey Welch Pomerantz, your host here on the show, here with my sometimes co-host, Reverend Sarah Welch Pomerantz, aka Pastor Wife. All right, well, um, I was going to talk about how, like, oh, it's been such a long time since you've been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sad. And then and then right before I hit record, you said, you're, you're so bossy. Well, you asked me to test it, and then I just said one word, and apparently I didn't test the microphone the right way. Yeah. So you are bossy. You gotta but... talk more than right. one word. All right, well, it's a test. It's not like it needs all of it, but okay. Anyway... Welcome back. Moving forward. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. You got any updates for our listeners? Well, where where should I anything? Where should I (laughs) where should I start? Whatever you want. So I guess I mean I don't know if they know about all the adoption stuff that's been going on. Um, I did say last week we were going to talk about it this week. Ah, okay. So basically. We've been through the parenting class, although I wouldn't necessarily call it a parenting class as much as I would call it sort of the history of Child Protective Services or DIFUS if you live in New Jersey um, and all of the, the history that goes into that and some some things about how kids in the system have specific traumas and how to deal with that. But I didn't learn how to be a better parent necessarily. I sort of learned no, but stuff it, like that. Yeah, it was more about like fostering and adopting not necessarily parenting but they definitely market that as a parenting class and like so some of the people who were in our class definitely thought they were getting a parenting class which led to some interesting conversations that drove me nuts so um that was annoying um then we've had the uh couple of different visits from our worker and learned that when it comes to doing your evaluations that you do where you fill out questionnaires about yourself that you should maybe think about what you write because then your worker comes back to you with a lot of questions and so while I am not an advocate for lying or fudging I will say that it is in your best interest to highlight the good things in your life more than anything else and that's what I'm going to say about that you know I will say that it was really great the things that we needed to get done we got done quickly uh the people who did our recommendations got them in like within a week turnaround which was great um and now it's just a waiting game I mean I think the one thing that uh, people don't understand if you're not going through this process is like how much of a waiting game it is and so constantly I'm asked like what's going on what's going on what's going on it's like nothing I'm just waiting and so it's become sort of like I wish people would just kind of wait for us to update them so we've we've asked for that but you know it it stinks I guess it's another way I could put it yeah I mean well to their credit though like we didn't even know how long of a waiting game Mm. it was going to be because we were told in January when we started this process that we would be licensed between six and yeah it was like between like four and six months and now here we are almost a year later right still 
our paperwork hasn't been sent to where it needs to be sent and it's a whole yeah it's a whole thing and you know a part of me is mad at at the system but i mean i'm not mad about it for me as much as i'm mad about it for the kids that are out there and even the even the families that are out there i think the one thing that i learned more than anything was about how important it is that the foster part of the foster and adoption like you're such an important player Mm-hmm. in bringing families back together and I think there's a misconception that people go out there and they just want to adopt and they don't think about the birth family and you know they spent such a long time in the class talking about the biological pull you know that was what I really walked out of there is that you know I don't think that you know social media or any sort of enter- like movies or books really paint the picture of how important a foster family is but also that you have a intricate role in, in helping not just the kids, but the parents as well, the birth parents. Mm-hmm. And I really found myself, like, originally I said to myself, like, eh, we'll foster because, you know, it's the right thing to do. But then I felt like when I learned about how, what that foster parent really does, because I didn't know enough, mm-hmm. I felt like, okay, wow, so I definitely want to foster if I can help, oh, sorry, if we can help, you know, kids and their birth parents or birth family get back together, like, that's, that's worthwhile. And, you know, everybody always tells you, like, don't give your whole heart away, but, you know, it, you should. If you feel called to it, you should do that. Yeah. So. Is that the thing that surprised you the most? Mm-hmm. Is, like, realizing how important foster families were and that you wanted to do that? Yeah. I think that our, there was some very dated movies, very dated movies, mm-hmm. but the uh, point was driven home, and especially to me when I was watching that, about how... Um, a lot of like there was that one movie we watched the older couple sort of fostered uh an older boy and a younger boy yeah and the goal was the younger boy got adopted and the older boy went back to his father and they still played a pivotal role in those boys lives but also too like they didn't say goodbye forever i think that's the thing and you don't see a lot of that on tv or movies where there's a foster kid that just comes for like a short period of time and then goes home goes home a lot of it it's like oh it's a foster kid and they they fall in love with the kid and then they want to adopt and there's some drama there and then they eventually adopt the kid yeah. and I think I think that's a disservice to the system because then you walk into it thinking like it's always like that but right so that's what that update is on the uh, adoption front Ada's here by the way <sighs> so she might make a little appearance little Ada little schmoo yeah no she already made her podcast um debut though. On Shannon Martin's episode. <laughs> You're such a... That was great. You are such a drama queen. Okay. Um. Okay, yeah, so that's the adoption update. Mm-hmm. Long story short, we're waiting on some paperwork to be completed so that the state can come out and do our final home inspection. Our home has already been, inspe- been inspected several times. More than ever. But it needs to be re-inspected for the last time by the state agency and then our license will hopefully be finalized and then we'll be able to like go to adoption events accept foster placements yeah inquire about all the waiting children on that terrible website that you can literally see waiting children who need families that's what yeah i can't even look at that anymore because it's really upsetting so yeah but on a lighter note. Yes. Now. Um, it's Thanksgiving week. Yes, it is. Ah! Can't believe it. Um, yeah. So everyone is, you know, traveling and cooking and mm-hmm. generally 
very busy. So we wanted to do a quick Thanksgiving episode um, about the concept of gratitude. Yes. Um, I think a lot of times we, or maybe it's just me, who knows, Mm -hmm. we revert back to that, like, third grade concept of Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. of, like, you know, this is when pilgrims and Native Americans supposedly made peace or whatever other lies (laughs) our public school system told us about that. Right. Do you do you want to say anything about the historical inaccuracies before? It's like uh, everything everything you think you know about Thanksgiving in terms of the the pilgrims and quote unquote squanto and all of that is wrong. Um, I can't speak to that particular uh, tribe history with authority because I didn't study it the same way that I did with the Iroquois and the Algonquin. But I feel like you're just our like resident historian though so like i'll just say this the pilgrims have and the puritans you know if you want to dice them up into little groups the uh the white people the white people that came from england and the netherlands and uh every which way france too a little bit up in that canadian area they basically you know exploited and did horrible things right and they massacred different tribes different first people and the concept of Thanksgiving, to me, really should separate itself out from this idea of, like, quote-unquote, squanto, bringing food to help these people. And mm-hmm. for me, I always think about it as when Abraham Lincoln made that a day of thanks during the Civil War. And I connect back to that because it really, that, when he did that, it had nothing to do with the pilgrims, right? That's sort of just like this American folklore that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better about the fact that we have exploited and kicked people off their land and we've colonized where we weren't supposed to be. Abraham Lincoln made that made it a national holiday after Gettysburg and that was one of the most bloody battles ever. And you know, in the midst of the Civil War where, you know, brothers killing brother, father, son, etc., he still found time to give thanks to God and to praise God even though things were bad. And for me, that's what Thanksgiving is really about. It's like, even in the midst of terrible things, if you can find something to praise God for or find some way to be grateful for something, then then that's something. And, you know, you look at Lincoln, the great emancipator, person with documented depression, the president during the wor- one of the worst times in American history could find something to be thankful for. It's sort of like, then you can too. Like, he can do it. You can try to help and find a way to do it, too. So for me, that's what Thanksgiving is all about, you know. And in that way, it's more meaningful than this, like, American folklore with, you know, first people once again riding in to take care of the dumb Puritans who don't know how to farm. So um, that's what Thanksgiving is for me. Can you tell she's preached on this before? (laughs) This was my Thanksgiving sermon two years ago, so... Yeah, I uh, I recognize, I remembered. Mm-hmm. That's I I do listen occasionally you. to your sermons. Thank you. Uh, um. Yeah. Anyway, unsurprisingly, Thanksgiving is the time mm-hmm. to give thanks right. for our blessings. Um. What's on the top of your gratitude list this year? Oh wow. Um. You know, twenty nineteen was like a really fast year for me. Mm-hmm. Felt like it was. You know, still feels like it should be May. Anyway, um, I'm obviously thankful for you, my wife. Me? I know. I'm thankful for my family. Um, 
I'm thankful for um, that my sister and my brother-in-law Kyle are happy and healthy in um, Australia. I think that's important when your family is so far away that you know God has seen fit to keep everybody healthy this year because mm-hmm. um, it would be really difficult if something happened to them or us. You know, there would be a big yeah. disconnect there. We wouldn't be able to see them. Um, I started my doctorate of ministry program at Drew this year, um, and I'm doing fairly well in it. Um, I'm mm-hmm. just registered for my winter and spring classes, and I'm starting my project early because the church is about to go through revitalization, and that's what my project is all about. Um, you know, I'm very blessed that I was called to a solo pastor role uh, in Cedar Grove. I think people... Um, don't realize how hard it is to get a solo pastor role mm-hmm. as a young woman. Yep. Um, I'm thankful that they took a chance as on a me. As a young woman. Hey. As a woman under 40. As a woman under 40. I still consider myself young. I think people... Yeah, but like young woman, that sounds like prim and proper. A young okay. woman. A youngish woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I am, I am very... You know, ministry is never easy and it's never like a straight and path with not mm-hmm. devi- uh, you know things that deviate out um it's not going to be an easy journey to revitalize this church but I'm very blessed that community church has decided that this is the time in the right place and the right person so I'm very blessed that they called me and that we have a wonderful home that they've given us you know I mean I I have a lot to be thankful for I I actually feel like I don't have much to be upset about this year um you know I can I can rail against the adoption process and bemoan it a bit but at the end of the day um we're still working our way through you know it's not like anybody said no you know like our background check came back with something crazy you know I have a roof over my head I have my wife I have my family I have my health I'm happy I'm healthy I'm like the getting back to like the strongest physical shape I've been in in a very long time since back when I was like 31, 32. Oh, uh, the CrossFitters hey. can never stop talking about CrossFit. I, I've not brought up CrossFit at all on this podcast, <laughs> but I'm very happy that I found a, a like a community to go do that kind of stuff because I'm a community-based person, so working out by myself is hard. Um, you know, and I'm happy with all, you know, I'm thankful for all my friends. You know, we you know, I'm just a very, I feel very blessed this year, you know, even like, yeah. the, even like, like the small stuff that would annoy me hasn't anymore because I feel like I'm in such a good place. I feel like I'm surrounded by the right people, the people who are my family. So, um, friends that, and family, all of that. So I'm very happy. Is there more you want me to say? <laughs> hey Bailey, um, what's the top of your gratitude Oh, I'm sorry. Hey Babe, what's on top of your gratitude list this year? I thought you were just You're no longer it. no, you're no longer a guest on this show. Oh, you okay. are my sometimes co host. Oh well then clarify my is role. what I introduced you as. Oh. So, um that means that like you can also ask questions. Oh, okay. Well, you hear that lady? Uh, you hear that audience? I can ask questions. That'll be interesting. All right. What are you? feeling thankful for oh thank you i get interviewed um no i do think that 2019 was a very fast year i i mean i like 
finished going back to school, mm-hmm. I finally started a career. Yeah, you did. That I love. And you're good at? And that I'm sometimes good at. You're all the time good at. Don't tell um, yourself short. I, I either. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful for my career, my job. Um, I am trying to think what else happened. Oh, I released my first book this you year. Did, yeah. Um, so that was really exciting and I'm really thankful, um, for getting that out into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then Ada. Oh, sorry. I got her. There's Ada. Um, Ada's thankful too. And then, oh, oh, I'm thankful for Ada and for Ivan, well, our little I, fur babies. Where would we be without them? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then other than that, I think. I kind of feel the same way you do. Like, we have, like, I mean, our family is so supportive of the adoption process, mm-hmm. even far away in Ohio, which we're going back to. Yes. This and week. Like a day we're very and a half excited. We'll be on the road. Yep. Um, yeah, family, friends, our church family. It's just, but we do. We have a lot be thankful for I do I think that it's important to you know and it, it almost feels cliche to tell people to think about the brighter side of things but well because sometimes that doesn't help yeah it doesn't help at all but you know I feel that again I when I when I think about Abraham Lincoln and what he was going through and he put that he wanted people to find something to be happy about in the midst of sadness. I think that's such a powerful thing to think about. And it's hard, you know. And even if it's something as small as, I got up today. Or, you know, the sun was shining. And I thought it was going to rain. You know, those are things that you can be happy about. So, I think Thanksgiving and gratitude is a wonderful thing to do once a, once a year. But, you know, if you can try to extend that out, that's important too. Hey friends, just breaking into our episode here about Thanksgiving um, to read this piece of writing by my friend Caitlin B. Curtis. She is a Native American author uh, and speaker and particularly this week she's doing a lot of work around um, explaining to the rest of us how uh, traumatic Thanksgiving celebrations can be for our indigenous friends. Um, She's really smart really good to learn from. I really encourage you to go um, check her out, follow her on um, social media if you haven't already. I'll tag um, everything in the show notes. But for now, I would love to share this with you. A Holiday Blessing by Caitlin B. Curtis. May our white fragility dissipate into humble listening and learning. May our faithful solidarity bloom like wildflowers in a dry spell. May truth-telling come as a kind invitation to a better life. May a prophetic vision of wholeness guide us home. May we hold space where we did not know we could. May our feasting always be full of flavor and full of love. May our grief lead us to community where it wasn't before. May patriotic nostalgia be replaced with a future for all. May family feuds remind us that family is chosen and made. May mystery beckon us to the quiet places of sacred belonging. 
May our path always be together, onward, kinship leading us. May the boundaries created by hate evaporate in the light of a new day. Amen. Have you ever thought about how Black Friday Mm -hmm. is right after Thanksgiving? All the time. We used to work Black Friday. Yeah, but, like, that doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? Right? Like, we spend a whole day giving thanks for everything that we have, and Mm -hmm. then literally, like, what, 12 hours later? Not even. We are out, like, beating each other up, apparently, for the Uh, things to get our people to show our people that we love them. After we just gave thanks for everything and those people, I don't know. It just blows my mind. I can't stand Black Friday. And I used to work Black Friday all the time. And it's just, you know, it's these deals that you think that are going to, like, be life-changing. A lot of deals are good, you know. I don't understand how, you know, you need a new computer every year, but whatever. Um, What upsets me about Black Friday is that now it's like these stores open 5 o'clock on Thanksgiving or 3 o'clock on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I keep thinking... Like, let your workers be with your their families, you know? And then Black Friday becomes this, like, oh, get out. You know, people are waking up at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and going shopping all day. And it turns into, like, you know, when you buy a gift for somebody, it's supposed to be joyful, right? If I mm-hmm. go and get you a present, which I do often, audience, um, I do it, and it's, like, a joyful experience. Like, now it's, like, you have to, like, gird your loins to go to the Target because people are going to murder you, theoretically, over a computer. Well, and and I don't think that, like, if people go shopping on Black Friday, like, I don't think that it's necessarily, like, terrible. No. You know? But I do think that it reinforces these, um, like, consumerism mm-hmm. mindsets that we... It's, like, it's so prevalent in our modern American society and culture and I feel like we are trying to overcome it Mm -hmm. but every single year we have this like huge setback on this one day for because everybody gets so amped up about it like my mom used to go I don't know if she still does anymore but she used to go shopping all day on Black Friday. Yep. But she loved it. Like, she had so much fun. She and her sister and her best friend, they would all go to the mall, and they would, like, make a whole day of it because they, like, mm-hmm. wouldn't have the kids because, the like, our dads kept right us kids. And, like, they made a whole day of it, and it was fun. So I think that if you can do it with, like, that attitude of, like, fun and thankfulness, then you're good. But I feel like the problem is that everybody focuses so much more on like I have to get this yeah you know like it's it's becomes not fun anymore it becomes like you gotta think about that poor rat race you gotta think about that poor soul that has to get to the store at 4 a.m for for you to come in and I always think about that like the people who work retail um or work in any service industry on Black Friday yeah like restaurants movie theaters bowling alleys like I can I, I just wish that people treated those folks with respect and kindness as somebody who has worked Black Friday, I have had more than my fair share of people get nasty with me yeah. over things that I can't control. And it's like, if I could tell our listeners to say to, the, to, to them, 
and to people around like the people working black friday are basically giving you a gift of being there right because if all of them didn't show up you couldn't get in there to get your you know new tablet treat them with respect don't destroy the place like you know nothing is more frustrating for a person working retail than a person coming in you know throwing all the piles around in a clothing store like yeah. be respectful for those folks because they have to be there all day and i think that goes back into being having gratitude if you have gratitude for stuff then you don't want to act that way you know right. i always think about whenever we go to target and how many carts are in the target parking lot it's like put your cart back start there you know because there's somebody who has to go around and pick those and take them back in so yeah. for for people who go out on black friday and i avoid it because i can't handle crowds like that anymore like treat the people in there with the utmost respect and courtesy because they are going to work from 4 a.m to midnight and they have crazy managers who are trying to get them to sell and sell and sell and they've got uplines and corporations who are telling them like you got to do this you got to do this there's prizes etc and it, and it's exhausting so treat those folks with like the utmost respect and clean up after yourself that's my pitch man they got like a real sarah welch pomerantz like you know it bothers me when like I'm- I don't... What is this called? Like, like a, a finger shaking? Yeah, like a... Well, you yeah. better do this. Well, you know, I I think that you should treat people better than you expect to be treated, and there's nothing more frustrating for me than when I walk into, like, a clothing store, and I, you know, I always feel bad if I have to mess up the pile, so I tell somebody, and then I've watched people, like, throw things on the floor, and then some poor soul... Now, it is, you know, they, they are working there, but they're not there to clean up after you. Like, you yeah. know, you don't surrender your... Um, your your decency the moment you walk through the store and I think about the times when I would be at the locker in the locker room of the place I used to work and I would watch people just take towels and throw them everywhere with the expectation that someone was going to come pick that up for them and it's like don't surrender and don't feel like somebody is going to clean up after you like you're able to do that yourself so like extend some kindness during the holiday season to people who have to work retail people who have to work you know in food industry and in service industries because those folks are doing the work to make your experience better. So don't be a jerk. That's my that's my closing statement on that. All right. Well, on a lighter note. Yes. Uh, on Twitter this mm-hmm. week. You've been on Twitter this week? A little bit. Have you seen the um the thing going around that's like quote or like a um, hashtag? No, it's not a hashtag, but it's like Somebody tweeted and said, like, quote, tweet this with, like, your most controversial food opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's mine? Yeah, you got one. I hate mashed potatoes. I, I can What? Yeah, it tastes like sand to me. I've never liked mashed potatoes. How did I not? I have made you mashed potatoes before, and you never said anything. Well, Three years of being together. Well, making mashed potatoes, and you never even said you don't, anything. You don't make it that often, and I eat it because you have made me a meal, and I feel like if somebody goes that route to make me a meal, I'm going to eat it. Yeah, but you can tell me what you don't well, like. I'm telling you, I do not like mashed potatoes. Oh, oh, and I don't like... I can't with this. I And I don't like quiche. You know, I think there's Nobody a, likes quiche. Well, there's like a common misconception in my parents' house that like I like quiche, and I don't know how many times I've said it. I don't like quiche. I don't understand it. I Like, be eggs or be, like, a muffin or whatever it's supposed to be. Like, be one of those things, but don't be quiche. 
right? I don't yeah, like it. No one likes quiche. So that's I, fine. I, but the mashed potatoes is yeah. really throwing me off. I don't like mashed potatoes. I never have. Sorry. I know. <sighs> well, what's yours? You're sitting here staring at me like I just, you know, broke your heart into a thousand pieces. Like, I'm sorry. I don't like mashed potatoes. Oh, what if I made you, like, um, like Ohio mashed potatoes, though, with ranch dressing in them? I'm going to, I'll try it. But make like be be aware that I probably won't eat it, you know. But I don't really like potato. Like I don't like baked potatoes either. Like that's not what. Like, not, like I don't guys. I don't feel like I all the truth. I like baked sweet potatoes. Like I like sweet potatoes. I'll eat sweet potatoes all day long, but I don't particularly like baked potatoes. Now I'll eat it more than I'll eat a mashed potato, but you know. I don't know. I, I hate mashed potatoes. I can't stand it. You will never see me touch it. All right. Well. Sorry. That's disappointing. Yeah. And what's yours? I don't know. I feel like I'm a vegetarian, and so, like, all of mine is just, like, meat-related. Well, you... You know? Well, you don't like, like eggs and stuff like that. Which surprises people when... I don't like eggs. Yeah. But it's the texture. That, the, I think that's my thing. That is where all of my unpopular food opinions come from is that I'm weird about texture. So, like, I don't like eggs. Mm-hmm. I don't like jello. That's true. You do not um, like jello. No, I don't like. Um, you don't like rice pudding? Rice pudding. I don't like tapioca pudding. Yeah. I think that's my, that's my issue is the consistency. I can't tell you how many times people will say to me like they want to have us over for a meal and they'll be like oh well I'll make something with eggs or they'll make french toast or something I'm like yeah <laughs> like she doesn't eat it I'm <laughs> sorry she can taste egg it ain't it ain't happening yeah well sorry sorry about it not really mm, sorry not sorry um all right last thing yes. is on the flip side what's your favorite thanksgiving food Ooh. or like holiday food in general do I only pick one no, you can you can say oh, okay. a couple. Well, uh, pumpkin pie. Obviously. Hot, hardcore. Like, don't invite me to your house if you don't have pumpkin pie. Like, I will, I will be polite because I'm I'm like programmed to be polite, but I will be disappointed. I'll hide my disappointment. But... I better text. Yeah, you better let them. Fa- Ohio family, and make sure they've got some. <laughs> have something. Um, I'm a big fan of cranberry sauce. I like the the tartness. My mom makes a really good one that has um pineapple in it mm-hmm. um I know it's loaded with sugar like but I like cranberries so it's like a really good yeah that and um I would say uh my dad's sweet potatoes yeah you know and my mom's stuffing now I wouldn't say that my mom's stuffing or my dad's sweet potatoes or anything that like is out of the ordinary but it's like the fact that that's what they they make and they do a really good job I mean yeah. my mom's stuffing is legendary for people mm-hmm. um and my dad's sweet potatoes like well because she uses real like herbs like real yeah. like cilantro and stuff like it's not just like she you know some spices she thrown makes, in there and she doesn't use like store-bought nothing is store-bought in there it's like she, yeah she takes bread and like like makes her own croutons mm-hmm. you know and then she does go the extra route like for you she'll make it with vegetable stock instead of like chicken stock and stuff like that yeah and and my dad is just like really good at making Sweet potatoes, and when I was a kid, he used to put like peeps on top of it. So like, 
was like so weird. Man. I know. But like, but see, for me, that's like, that food brings memories, right? Yeah. I don't, like the Thanksgiving dinner is not something that I ever like, oh my God, I crave it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it can be kind of like sickening a little bit because it's so heavy and like turkey is so heavy to digest and yeah. it's not an easy poultry to, to deal with. Um, I actually don't prefer, I, I, if I had a choice, I would not, I, I wouldn't eat turkey as much as I have to. Um, but it's the memory recall that I have. Hmm. But I would say I would eat pumpkin pie all day, every day, if possible. My sure. trainer would kill me, which is why I, I'm glad it only comes up. I'm going to tag her in this. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I promise I won't eat pumpkin pie that much. But that is like my go-to pumpkin pie. Hundred percent. What about you? Um, <clears throat> pumpkin roll. Yeah, Grandma makes a good pumpkin roll. No, Grandma doesn't make it. I make it. Didn't you get it from Grandma? From my mom's side of the family, like my mom's mom. Oh well, I get the well. I got that confusing. Is her recipe? She well, you make a good pumpkin roll. Thank you. Um, so I really like pumpkin roll. Um. Trying to think about else. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I really like my mom's sweet potato casserole because instead of putting marshmallows on top, she does like crushed um cornflakes. So it's like crispy Ooh, nice. on top. Um, with like brown sugar and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Um, and other than that, I just really like vegetables. Like I like um Green beans. Green beans. Uh, awesome. Corn. Yeah. Like sweet corn. It's nice having sweet anything corn. Anything like that. Yeah, I think, so. you know, the Thanksgiving dinner is like, people use it as an excuse to like overeat, but if you're, if you eat the foods that you like, then, and you avoid some of the other foods you don't like, then it's not really overeating as much. You know. Also, like, be aware that having that food coma afterwards it's not always great. I mean, I had to eat turkey yesterday because we had my parents, <laughs> and it, <laughs> I had some of the weirdest dreams I've had in a long time. You know, because tryptophan is not a old wives' tale. That's real life for me. So, but I think again, this food always just brings back like memories of like going to my grandparents' house or having Christmas dinner at our house. So. It's not even really about the food as much as it is about the memories of my and the family gathering, you know. Yeah. We could be eating anything, quite frankly, um, on those holidays. Yeah. We used to eat pizza at my, in West Virginia on, at my mom's mom's house. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to that sometimes, as long as I got pumpkin hey. pie afterwards. Yeah. Well, it pays to have an aunt who owns a pizza shop. Shout out to that. Oh, you know what we didn't say? Uh, grandma's Christmas rolls. Like, I know it's Thanksgiving food. It's not Thanksgiving food, but her Christmas gr- rolls, shout out, are just amazing. Well, the thing is, is that they're called Christmas rolls because she used to only make them on, on Christmas. But I get them. Morning. Every, we get them every time we go visit. But Sarah is really special. I am. So she gets them anytime. Last time, I mean, last time we were there in February, we got them, and now we're getting them again in November. Just for the listener's sake, like, you don't, I'm not even going to, like, accurately describe how good they are, but it's actually, like, the the love that goes into it. The fact that Grandma and Grandpa get up 
in the middle of the night to make these. Yeah. That, like, that to me makes them taste even better. The fact that she's up to to make sure that the pudding has set and that it's flipped over and that when we wake up, the whole house smells like that. And it's done because they want to make us happy. So yeah. these Christmas rolls taste, I mean, they would taste outstanding whether she, like, didn't do that or not, but they taste, like, extra. She has, she has like, there have been years where she's like, I messed it up. It, it, it's not right. And it's, like, still amazing. <laughs> well, it's so funny because the place that we go get breakfast, like, they obviously have found a recipe similar to hers. But, yeah. like, I, I refuse. I won't taste theirs. I won't do that. And I'll, I'll just be like, why'd you steal Grandma's Christmas rolls and not give her a shout out? <laughs> like, the label should say, Grandma Judy's Christmas rolls. Yeah. Trademark, registered, you know, copyright. So, but, you know, I see that and I'm like, eh, you're getting, you're not getting the real deal, so. All right. Well, I think um, that's enough of talking about Thanksgiving. This uh-huh. has been 34 minutes of us talking about, well, not 34 minutes of talking about Thanksgiving right. food. But I think we're, I think we're, good. we're good. I do, too. So, from our family to yours, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, friends, thanks for joining us for yet another week here on the Making Room on the Pew podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or it positively impacted you in any way, we would love if you would take just a few seconds to give us an honest five-star rating and review. It really means so much to us and it helps others find this content too. Until next time, this has been Making Room on the Pew.